Thank you for joining Bogard Press through the Bible Adult Study Guide podcast. This quarter, our study is entitled Christ the Faithful Servant, a study through the Gospel of Mark. During this study, we will follow the life of Jesus and recognize that true greatness lies in manifesting the spirit of a servant. You can purchase your copy of this book along with many other study resources on our website, bogardpress.org. So grab your copy of the Fall 2023 Adult Study Guide and your Bible and follow along. The lesson for October the 8th, 2023 is entitled, The Servant Acknowledged. It comes from Mark chapter 8, verses 27 through 38. The key verse, And he saith unto them, But whom say ye that I am? And Peter answered and said unto him, Thou art the Christ. Mark chapter 8, verse 29. The application, The student will conclude that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. Seeking the Context At the onset of Mark 8, Jesus fed 4,000 men, not counting the women and children. Matthew chapter 15, verse 38. As amazing as this is, what amazes me more is the lack of faith and understanding his disciples showed. Jesus had already fed 5,000 with five loaves and two fish, and there were 12 baskets left over. Mark chapter 6, verses 37 through 44. Here they had seven loaves and a few small fish and less people to feed. Why would the disciples ask, From whence can a man satisfy these men with bread here in the wilderness? Mark chapter 8 and verse 4. Oh, how soon we forget that Jesus can always supply every need. Shortly after, Jesus and the disciples crossed the Sea of Galilee to the other side. While on board, the disciples became nervous that they were running short of bread. At the same time, Jesus began teaching them to beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of Herod. Somehow the disciples missed that Jesus was warning them about the sinful influences of the Pharisees and Herod and thought he was referring to their shortage of bread. How could they be so dense? Frustrated with the dim-witted disciples, Jesus said, Having eyes, see ye not. And having ears, hear ye not. For do ye not remember? Mark chapter 8 and verse 18. And recounted the feeding of the 5,000 and 4,000. Chapter 8 verses 19 through 21. How is it that they did not understand that a shortage of bread was no issue at all for our Lord? As critical as we may be of the disciples, how soon we also forget what Jesus has done for us. When the Lord sees us through monumental troubles, how soon we become anxious and worrisome when troubles come again. So the question that begins our lesson for this week certainly applies to us. Who is Jesus? It behooves us to remember who Jesus is and all that he has done and can do for us. Can you describe a time when you struggled to trust the Lord to take care of your needs? Searching the text. Number one, who is Jesus? Mark chapter 8, verses 27 through 30. And Jesus went out and his disciples into the town of Caesarea Philippi. And by the way, he asked the disciples, saying unto them, Whom do men say that I am? 
And they said, John the Baptist, but some say Elias, and others one of the prophets. And he saith unto them, But whom say ye that I am? And Peter answered and said unto him, Thou art the Christ. And he charged them that they should tell no man of him. Jesus and the disciples had traveled to Caesarea Philippi, which is in the far north reaches of the promised land. For some time the Lord had been looking for a remote place of solitude and rest away from the crowds. He found it here and took time to teach the twelve. He asked, Whom do men say that I am? Verse 27. There was much debate about Jesus' identity, some saying he was John the Baptist, some saying he was Elijah, and others saying he was one of the prophets. Matthew added Jeremiah to the list, Matthew chapter 16 and verse 14, but none of these were correct. Like today, there are many ideas about who Jesus is. The historical Jesus points to historical evidence to prove that there was a real historical figure named Jesus who lived during the first century AD, was born in Bethlehem, lived in Nazareth, and was crucified by the Romans. Some hold to the idea that Jesus was a great Jewish teacher and philosopher, comparable to Socrates and Gandhi and Confucius. Others say that Jesus is a mythical character created by the Jews to promote their way of life as superior to others. But none of these are correct. But whom say ye that I am? Jesus asked the disciples, Mark chapter 8 and verse 29. Now the question is personal. Who others say Jesus is does not answer the question of who you say Jesus is. We almost come to understand who Jesus is for ourselves. And this is the most important question you will ever answer. It is the difference between eternal life and eternal death. Peter got the answer right by identifying Jesus as the Christ. Matthew recorded Peter's fuller answer, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God, Matthew 16, 16. This was the second time Peter made this great confession. The first occurred when Jesus asked the twelve if they would leave also when many of Jesus' disciples left and no longer follow him. Peter replied, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life, and we believe and are sure that thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. John chapter 6, verses 68 and 69. Matthew also records much more of Jesus' response to Peter. Take the time to read Matthew chapter 16, 17 through 19. Jesus blessed Peter and told him that only the Father in heaven could have made this known to him. Furthermore, Jesus explained the building of his church. He would build it upon himself, the rock, out of people like Peter, a stone, who made the same confession. Jesus promised that the gates of hell would not overpower his church, meaning there would always be churches on earth somewhere until he comes again. Jesus envisioned the churches being the one on attack while the defense gates of hell could not stop them. Peter and others like him would be given the keys to the kingdom of heaven to unlock the truths of Jesus' identity to other and the gates of hell could not stop them. These were amazing promises 
Jesus made to Peter and to us. The Father is also calling us to confess that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. This is the confession of faith, the confession of salvation. Romans 10, 9 and 10 tell us that we must confess with our mouths the Lord Jesus and believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead. We believe in our hearts and confess with our mouths, and by so doing we are saved. Have you put your faith in Jesus and confessed him as Lord of your life? How would you respond to this question, Who is Jesus? Number two, what will Jesus do? Mark chapter 8, verses 31 through 33. And he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected of the elders and of the chief priests and scribes and be killed and after three days rise again. And he spake that saying openly. And Peter took him and began to rebuke him. And when he had turned about and looked on his disciples, he rebuked Peter saying, Get thee behind me, Satan, for thou savorest not the things that be of God, but the things that be of men. As there were many ideas about who Jesus was, there were also many ideas about the Christ, the Messiah. The popular Jewish idea was that the Messiah would be a military political leader who would bring freedom from Roman oppression. Like the judges and kings of the Old Testaments, and the Maccabees of the Intertestament period, the Messiah would be a conquering hero, not a crucified criminal. When Jesus began to explain how he, the Christ, would suffer and be killed, the disciples were unbelievingly shocked. This could not be. This explains why Peter began to rebuke Jesus. Now rebuke is a strong word, but Matthew recorded Peter's respectful words to the Lord, Be it far from thee, Lord that this shall not be unto thee, Matthew chapter 16, verse 22. But why would Peter be so bold to rebuke the Lord, whom he had just confessed to be the Christ, the Son of the living God? Peter insisted that he would not let the Lord be killed. Peter would protect the Lord. But did the Lord need Peter's protection? Peter truly loved the Lord and was committed to him. He later told the Lord that he was ready to go with him to prison and death, Luke chapter 2 and verse 33. But Peter failed to live up to those words. He was the one who drew his sword in defense of the Lord when the soldiers came to arrest him, John chapter 18 and verse 10. Peter was not trying to oppose the Lord's will. He thought he was doing it, but he was wrong. The Lord responded to Peter, Get thee behind me, Satan. Mark 8 and verse 33. Jesus could be pointing out that Satan was behind Peter's rebuke or that, using the meaning of Satan, Peter was being an adversary. Peter was in, in the wrong place, in front of the Lord, trying to stop him. He should have been behind the Lord, faithfully following. As much as Peter thought he was doing the right thing, he could have never been more wrong. Jesus' sacrificial death was God's master plan of redemption for all humanity. Whoever opposed it was, knowingly or not, doing Satan's work. Satan wants nothing more than to stop God's plan to save those who will believe, and he can deceive the best of believers to do his work. Watch out. 
The disciples were so shocked by Jesus' words about suffering and being killed that they did not hear the end. And after three days rise again, verse 31, Jesus was crucified for the sins of all humanity. He was buried, but after three days he rose again to give us the promise of eternal life. And as he rose again, so shall we if we have put our faith in him. Like Peter, we can find ourselves in opposition to the Lord's plan. We also might be out of place, in front of the Lord instead of behind him, faithfully following. When we insist that Jesus do for us what we want instead of following his will for our lives, we have become an adversary of the Lord. We might even find that we are doing Satan's work instead of the Lord's work. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 11. Can you describe a time when you oppose God's plan in your life? Number three, what did Jesus command? Mark chapter 8, verses 34 through 38. And when he had called the people unto him with his disciples also, he said unto them, Whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. But whosoever shall lose his life for my sake and the gospel's, the same shall save it. For what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? For whosoever therefore shall be ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him also shall the Son of Man be ashamed when he cometh in the glory of his Father with his holy angels. The final passage of Mark 8 has been referred to as the call of true discipleship, and the core of this call is self-sacrifice. In response to Peter's being in front of the Lord instead of faithfully following him, Jesus called the people to join the disciples for a lesson about following him. Following Jesus begins with a desire. When Jesus said, Whosoever will come after me, verse 34, he was referring to a person's desire to follow him. That desire is placed in our hearts by the Holy Spirit when we are saved. But desire is not all it takes. Next, we must deny ourselves. We must set aside all of our wants and wishes to obey the Lord's will for our lives. Following the Lord means we serve Him and not ourselves. To follow Jesus, Christians must desire, deny, and then die. Yes, to take up your cross means that you are willing to sacrifice your life to follow Jesus. Many Christians have done just that throughout history. We call them martyrs, a word that originally meant witness, but took on the meaning of giving one's life as a witness because so many Christian witnesses were killed. Are we willing to die for the Lord? It is hard to know for sure without being put to that test. And it may be that we will never be put to the ultimate test, but we are called to sacrifice for Christ and suffer for him. Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 12. Jesus laid out the challenge and gave the command to follow him. To follow Christ, 
We must lose our lives and find life in him. We cannot live the life we want. Instead, we are to live the life he wants. But how many people have given up God to go after the pursuits of the world? Some are chasing the American dream of being rich and famous. Others have become so enamored with their careers that God is not on the radar. People have given up church. Dust is collecting on their Bibles. And they do not remember the last time they prayed all in exchange for the things of the world. Jesus asked, Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Mark 8:37. Do you know people who have given up their eternal souls so that they might gain the whole world? I am the judge of no one's salvation, and the only one I can be sure about is myself. But for someone to say that he is saved and yet never do anything in service of the Lord, It causes me to wonder if he is truly saved. To profess salvation is not the same as to possess salvation. Saved people should show a commitment to Christ. Are you ashamed of Christ? Is Christ ashamed of you? What have you given up so that you can faithfully follow Christ? Setting the Application Who is Jesus is the most important question we will ever answer. Is he your Savior and Lord? Or is he just someone you have heard about, have respect for, as a great teacher or honor at Christmas and Easter? Or is Jesus your life? Let me tell you who Jesus is. He is the Son of the living God. He is the promised Messiah, the Christ, whom God promised before the foundation of the world to be the perfect sacrificial lamb who would pay with his life the sin penalty for all humanity. He is the supreme judge, and everyone will give an account of him, his life to him. The only way we will stand before him not condemned is to believe in him for salvation. He who believes in him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. John chapter 3 and verse 18. Are you condemned? After we are saved, we are to deny ourselves, take up our cross, and follow the Lord. The Lord gave up His life so that we could have life. Now we must give up our lives to find true living in Him. How will you follow the Lord sacrificially this week? Thank you for joining us in another lesson of the Bogard Press Through the Bible Adult Study Guide podcast. We look forward to studying with you again next week as we continue learning from Christ the Faithful Servant. Bogard Press is the publishing ministry of the American Baptist Association. We exist to equip churches with the resources they need to carry out the Great Commission. These resources include Bible study materials for preschoolers through adults, including Sunday School, Children's Chapel, Baptist Training Course, Bible Challenge, and Vacation Bible School. Please visit our website to find all ministry resources you will need at bogardpress.org. That's bogardpress.org. Until next week, find daily encouragement from our daily devotionals at bogardpress.org.